Hey, welcome to Fist Bump Fridays, where I talk to other men podcast hosts about what's going on with men. Hope you enjoy. You have to think about when men like to talk. And so I said, look at the show Band of Brothers. Look at the last time you played on a sports team. Look at the, you know, when you were in the police academy or anything like that. When men like to talk, it's after they've accomplished something. Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you. You can do the same. Let's get rolling. Today on the Kindling Fire, I have a fellow brother in arms, a guy named Kyle Thompson. He runs a uh, podcast for men called Undaunted.life. Thanks for coming on, Kyle. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. So uh, we've connected up through Instagram, and, and uh, Kyle and I's shows are about the same age. And, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about your show. Yeah, the show was kind of an outpouring of the fact that there were more people that were wanting to kind of get a better idea of what our philosophy was on men's ministry and just manhood in general. So this ministry really started with a devotional on the YouVersion Bible app several years ago. So if you go to the YouVersion app and you search undaunted.life under plans, you'll find a couple of ours there. But our first devotional was a 21-day men's devotional. Um, and I put it on there thinking no one would ever read it, and I really didn't even think it would be accepted by you version and it was and to date it's been completed about 50,000 times and so people were constantly like hey are you going to put out another devotional and are, what are you going to do to get more of the message out and for me personally I would much prefer to talk than to just write because even whenever I do speeches or do podcasts I like to at least outline them but I'm not going to explicitly write everything out. And so I felt like the podcast medium was a good way to do that. So at the end of 2017, we launched the podcast so that we could go into topics that are interesting to guys. So some of the topics are not time sensitive. So we've talked about toxic masculinity. We've talked about abortion. We've talked about gun violence. But then there are things that come up that are very specific to something that happened, right? So we'll do, we did episodes on Memorial Day. We've done some episodes after some terrorist attacks uh, in the world. And so we're basically trying to tackle very difficult subjects and kind of help guys with a biblically based, uh, very manly based view of how they should see those things. And so that's why the podcast has grown the way that it has and, and why people are still enjoying it. Yeah. So I gave it a listen. And one of the things that was really striking was you are dealing with those topics. You're dealing with current day, what's going on, you know, what is a, uh, a godly man's response being provoked or like, I mean, I've seen some of the stuff you've done, like posted around abortion. And, you know, it's just sort of like, guys, don't turn away from what is going on just to live in your sort of isolated bubble. Open your eyes, do something about it, be engaged. I mean, that's one of the things that just really comes through in your show. 
Well, and that's the thing, Troy, that I really, I really struggle with with a lot of guys is guys just aren't engaged. In every way that you can imagine the word engaged to be used, that's how guys aren't. They're not engaged in their families. They're not engaged at work. They're not engaged with their bodies. Uh, they're certainly not engaged with what's going on in the world around them. They're just perfectly content to sit in their house, play video games, watch porn, do fantasy football, and then just kind of control the areas of their life that they can control. Um, and so that's the one thing in our podcast we're constantly challenging guys and you know you finally get people that are pretending to pay attention to an issue so we probably talk about abortion more than we talk about anything on our podcast and we get these these guys that are like oh yeah i'm pro-life and then you give them one objection from the pro-choice perspective and they can't give you an answer for it and so it's like well if you can't point to something that's currently in the news or if you can't point to even a basic um, you know response to these individuals for the things that they're saying that are absolutely reprehensible and evil then then how good is your pro-life card you know what i mean and so we we don't think that that's a an acceptable way for guys to comport themselves and so we see what we can do to change that so i'm going to give you a quote by uh, somebody that we both admire, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, and it's from a speech that he gave called The Strenuous Life. And I want to give you a quote. I want to ask you to respond to it. The quote is, for, uh, for better is it to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to take rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. How would you respond to that? Well, I would respond first of all by saying that's literally maybe one of the greatest quotes of all time. And I'm, I appreciate the way that you read it uh, in a deliberate fashion because sometimes you'll miss the nuance if you try to just rush through it. But the thing about it is, and we, you and I were talking about this off air, you could summarize that whole thing into three words, do hard things. And most of the guys that, that we're around, I would assume, don't really like that very much. I mean, we kind of talked about that a little bit with, with how I answered the last question. And it's, yes, if, if you strive for something that's beyond you, and I don't mean in the you know self-help book, TED Talky sense, but if you literally strive for something that's a little bit beyond your capacity, you're going to fall flat on your face. I mean, it's just going to happen. But the things that you will learn about yourself and the things that you will be able to accomplish are, are of tremendous value. And so I think the, the second or third podcast episode I ever did was on goal setting. Because it was at the beginning of the year and everyone's, you know, all right, new year, new me. Let's figure out what I'm going to do. And I said most people's goals, even if they write them down, which so few people do, most people don't set goals that are going to stretch them at all. They're not setting goals that are worth it. And so I talked about stretch goals and worth it goals. And the same thing is true with, you know, if, if you're a reader, if you're doing different things like that, you know, read content that's, you know, 10 or 15 percent beyond you. That, you know, something that's a little bit difficult for you to read. Maybe you're having to go back and reread sections because you're just not getting it. And most guys just, they want their life to be easy. They want their life to be relaxed. And, and that's why I feel like there's a lot of guys that are that are into leisure activities. Like, you know, guys that just worship at the altar of golf and, and worship at the altar of Netflix and things like that. It's like, these are easy things that don't really require anything of you. I'm not saying golf's an easy game. I'm just saying, like, these are things that are not really pushing you beyond a certain limit like no one's getting to the end of the 18th hole and going oh man i just didn't know if i was going to make it through this round you know what i mean and so it's okay to have leisure and it's certainly okay to have rest but there's so many guys that 
That's how they live their life. Their life is worshiping leisure. And I'm actually working through a future podcast episode where I'm going to be talking about guys that worship leisure and how they're they're not going to be developing as men and they're certainly not going to become the man they want to be because they just love being, they're just content with being who they are at that exact moment. So I'm going to say something that will offend some of my listeners, but that's what I would call life shrinkage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you. the thing about it is, is if they're mad about it, it's because you're probably talking about them. And, and that's the thing is most people – and look, I've got very, very important men in my life that would fit into that category, Troy, and one of them is my dad. I love my dad more than anything. My dad he, – he's, he's like my best friend, but the thing is is my dad has been content from a self-developmental standpoint to be who he is since he was a teenager. And so he, he suffered some, some tragedies as a young man and things that I have not had to suffer myself. But this is a, this is a man that just he, – he works really, really hard in a factory and he comes home and he eats food and he watches television. And that, that's just who he is. He doesn't have a lot of friends. He doesn't have guys that he can go to with his problems. He doesn't you know develop himself in that way. And again, that doesn't make him an unlovable man. I, I love him to death. But – He's, he's a good example of who I would not want to become in that fashion. Yeah. Like he's, he's got a lot of great qualities that he has given me, but how many guys do you know that are just like that? They're, they're just content and their life has shrunk to the little world that they've created them for themselves. And it usually stops with their easy chair at home. Yeah. So, so give me an example. You talk about stretching yourself. What is something you've done? What do you do that, that pushes you beyond what you think you're able to do? Well, with Undaunted Life, we're constantly talking about cultivating spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, right? That, that's our big thing, cultivating manly resilience, but specifically in those categories, spiritual, mental, and physical. And so the, the reason that we talk about that, I'll, I'll tease that out a little bit and then get into the, to the answer, is because if you're crushing it spiritually, mentally, and physically, you're going to be great in just about every area, right? Because those three things touch pretty much every aspect of your life. And so you know those guys that are like spiritual warriors. They're prayer warriors. They're always in the Bible. But if they needed to like hike up a mountain to save their life, they would die. Like they would just absolutely die, right? They're just not physically resilient. And then you have people that are, you know – gym bros they can bench press the whole gym and do all those different things but they haven't read a book since they graduated high school right so you've got all these people that you know for the most part you don't know anyone that is uh crushing it in all three of those areas maybe they're crushing it in one and so that that leaves you to not be a a terribly well-rounded man and it leaves you with pockets where you're not developing and so uh, to get back to to your answer or to your question, rather. Um, so, so for mental resilience, I'll, I'll put it this way. So, um, there are certain books that I will read, like I mentioned earlier, that are just beyond me. So, I read uh, a book here recently called Genesis and the Big Bang, and it was a very, very scientific book. And I am not a very scientific-minded person. It's just not something that lands very easily with me. But I wanted to read it because it stretches me. Right? It, it that book was not ten or fifteen percent beyond me. It was like. beyond me, 75% beyond me, but I got through it and got some good nuggets out of it. Um, Even specifically, we have a group of guys that get together on Sundays and and we read books and train jujitsu. And we read a book called why evolution is true. And so here's, here's a room full of about a dozen guys that would consider themselves to be uh, followers of Christ. And here we are reading a book from a, you know, by biologists and humanists and all these types of people basically telling us that the things that we believe are hogwash. And that was a frustrating book to read, 
but it's stretching you. It's it's helping you understand how you can can get to that point. Uh, the, the physical part I feel like is the easiest because if you're running this far, well, next time run a little bit farther. Um, I do a workout every Memorial Day called the Murph workout, um, and I won't get into any of the details as to what that is. A lot of you guys know what that is, or you can just Google it. But I mean, it's a one mile run, a hundred pull ups, two hundred push ups. 300 squats and another mile run and you're supposed to do it all with a weighted vest on like a 22 and a half pound weighted vest or body armor and so i've done this every year for the last five or six years and so as opposed to just checking the box every memorial day well i'm trying to change it up a little bit like okay let me try it this way let me see if i can you know beat my all-time uh fastest time or let me do it without doing any specific training for that workout prior to and so those are just some examples of some ways that you can push yourself and stretch yourself and really find out where your limits are all right so it sounds like a lot of what you're doing is really trying to awaken men or stir them up to really you know get off the couch if you will um I want to talk to you about another side, and that is the guys that are juicing all the time. These are, I, and I mean that figuratively, like they are so amped and so intense. I mean, I think of the Wake Up Warrior guy, right? Just like constant, like 120,000%. And then they bring that intensity into their romantic relationships. And it like honestly scares the women. And, and 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 it doesn't like help. Can you talk a little bit about that side of of masculinity that tends to get almost even overly intense, and they don't know how to shut it off in different situations? Yeah, absolutely. I, and I'm intimately uh, aware of that because for me, I'm I'm a fairly intense guy naturally. Um, I have a lot of energy, and um, you know, I, I have red hair, and it's just kind of like it's all this come comes into one. This just kind of amalgamates into this fairly intimidating presence sometimes. And so, what I've had to learn, um, I'm, I'm in my early 30s now, but one thing that I've had to learn is uh, when you can appropriately juice things up and when to appropriately juice things down. And so that's something that I've just had to learn over time that not every hill is a hill that requires dying on and that not every situation is one that needs to be pushed to the max. And so I still feel like I'm in the process of learning there. But what's funny about that and where I'll push back a little bit is I feel like there are so few people that fall into that category and I'll certainly address it. The overwhelming amount of guys have no intensity at all. Yeah, that's they, true. They I'll agree with toast. you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> and and so so let me let me address your question, then we'll talk about the milk toast guys. But I I think it's very unfortunate when you see guys that get fired up. You know, they listen to Jocko Willink and or they go on a big workout and then they do something like that and then they try to bring that home to their wife, and that's just not what they're into. Like they're not one of the guys. They don't they don't like to have their balls busted. They don't like, you know, for you to talk to them that way. They don't understand that when guys communicate with each other sarcastically that that's actually communicating via love. It doesn't connect with them in the same way. And so that's where I would say you're not just a warrior, you're a warrior poet, right? And I know a lot of guys are like, "Oh, warrior poet, here we go." But that's exactly true <laughs> because if you're super intense warrior guy, you know, drinking out of the skulls of your enemies at all times, it's going to create some issues on the home front, right? 
because your three-year-old boy doesn't understand that. And there's part of him that, that wants to be like dad and wants to be intense like that. I think you should show him that intensity. But one of the biggest things that you can show him is whenever you can dial it up or dial it down and, and show him when it's appropriate to have that type of a reaction. Because, you know, here's the thing. There's there's this uh, poem that I talk about all the time that doesn't really have a, an author that is ascribed to it, but it's, you know, bad times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, right? And so it's just kind of like the cyclical thing that we've got all these weak, subservient, passive beta male guys that are basically going in one direction. And then if something were to happen, if something negative happens around us, everyone's looking around for the alphas. And then we're wondering where they are. And so society has done a great job of doing this. The church has done a great job of doing this. But we tell the alphas they need to be quiet. We tell them they need to chill out. We tell them that they need to calm down. And then when the crap hits the fan, we're looking for them. Where's our sheepdogs at? It's like, no, you can't have it both ways. You can't tell me to take my fangs out and then just put them back in whenever it's convenient for you. And so uh, I think that, that kind of gets to that point. But, but on the other side, most of these guys need that. They need the wake-up warrior guy, right? Because yeah. the thing is, is the wake-up warrior guy is the anomaly of all anomalies. Like, I'm an anomaly of all anomalies when it comes to, to my intensity. And I would, I would assume the wake-up warrior guy isn't that way with his spouse. He's not, you know, constantly yelling and saying, we're going to do this. We're going to do this at this level of intensity. Like, I'm, I'm assuming that's not exactly how it's going down. But for, for most guys, I think they would almost use that as a crutch or an excuse to be like, well, I don't want to turn up the intensity because what if I scare my kids this one time? And what if what if this happens or that happens? And it's like, no, 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 no. There's nuance with everything. So super intense, not good. Constant doughboy, also not good. And so there is that middle level, but if we're going to lean to any direction, I feel like leaning towards that intensity is appropriate. So there's an old uh, uh, men's ministry leader, a guy named Ed Cole, and I'm dating myself here, but he used to say that uh, Christ-likeness is masculinity, or masculinity is Christ-likeness. And I'm thinking of Jesus, you know, whipping people and turning over tables and saying, let the children come to me. There is a level of masculinity that is incredibly intense, incredibly brave, incredibly courageous, yet approachable, yet safe, yet tender. And, and, and so, and, and that's the sort of art of masculinity. It's like, do not lose your intensity and do not lose the benefit of your intensity, creating safety for those that you, lo- that, that, um, that you love the most. I mean, it's a powerful combination and guys just screwed up on both sides. Honestly. Well, and I agree. And I think there's a through line here, which is, is your anger and intensity righteous or unrighteous? And so you brought up my favorite story in the whole Bible, which is Jesus, you know, clearing the temple. Because the thing about it is, is your churches don't normally talk about the line of Judah. They're always talking about the Lamb of God because the Lamb of God's easy. Lamb of God's easy to think about. He's, you know, he's blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus that has, you know, a little bit of mascara on. And, you know, he's got a little bit of foundation and he's just really, really cute and cuddly. Right. You can just squeeze him, squeeze him until he until he pops. Right. But the thing about it was we got to see the line of Judah. Then, And my favorite part probably about that story, Troy, is the fact that he 
did not show up to the temple with a whip. We have no indication that he was just walking around and he ended up at the temple with a whip in his hand. So uh, again, we don't not have that either. But my, my thought process there is that Jesus saw what was happening in his father's house. And he got so righteously angry that he'd left and went and found a whip or he went and made one. Right. And then he came back. So this was premeditated aggression. This was premeditated, righteous indignation and acting out on it. But he was in the right. And so we have plenty of guys that use that as an excuse to throw over tables or lose their heads. They're like, oh, well, Jesus did it. Jesus got mad. It's like, ah, he didn't get mad because, you know, he's emotionally playing mad. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's very different. It was very intentional. It's absolutely. So, um, so let's talk about um, men in the church. I've I've listened to a couple of your episodes where you talk about this. Um, just just give me your thoughts about what's what's up with men in the church or the church with men, and I'll respond to it. Sure. I mean, uh, this subject matter itself is really the reason why Undaunted Life is here and why we're doing what we're doing is because. The men that are left in the church for the most part seem to be terribly emasculated. So uh, the podcast episode everyone wants to talk about is episode four of the podcast, which is, you know, like 75 episodes ago. But it's called Pussies in the Pews. And I go into a long explanation as to why I feel like the church has basically eradicated true biblical manhood from its midst. And um, uh, just to give a very short summary, it's basically at different times, you know, think of the Industrial Revolution, think about World War One, World War Two. The strong men, the strong will, the strong bodied men were either underground in a factory or at war or something like that. And so for very long stretches of Western, uh, Westernized Christianity, the strong, virile, you know, uh, testosterone filled men were doing other things. And then when they came back to the church, uh, maybe they were affected by, by the work they were doing or by the, the things they had seen in war, those types of things. So, so the only men, quote unquote, that were left in the church were the, the weak, the sick, the old, the young, you, you didn't really have that strong through line of men in the church. And so as, as things go, and you're in marketing, you understand this, um, and I, I've done quite a bit of marketing myself, you market to your audience. You don't market to what you want your audience to think. You, you see how they already think, and then you acquiesce to that so that you can sell stuff. And so the sermon content got weaker. The, the musical content got more emotive, right? Treating Jesus almost like he's your boyfriend or like Tinkerbell or something like that, like treating Jesus that way. And we lost some of that vigor. We lost some of that, that edge to Jesus that, that he absolutely is. And we fast forward to today and we see, you know, an extension of that. And now with kind of the mega church trend that we see a lot of places, it's basically TED Talks with Bible verses kind of spread throughout. And most guys are just bored with it. They're like, okay, cool, I can come to church for an hour, check the box, and move on with my day. But they don't change. They, they don't have a deeper desire to, to you know, commune with the creator of the universe. That they just, They're just checking a box and moving on with their day, and it's requiring very, very little of them. And so w- we've seen this trend moving towards this kind of, you know, a la carte ministry type of thing, which is doing even less favors for men because men are coming. 
but then they're not really getting involved and there's not any deep level of dedication to their church family, to their local ecclesia, as it were. And so I know there's a lot of different ways that we can go with that. But yes, I feel like it's not just society that is emasculating men, it's certainly the church. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll respond to it this way. So um, you've got the, uh, how can I put it? So you've either got the disengaged, right? The sort of rolling your eyes men in the church, right? They're there rolling their eyes. They're just like, whatever, right? right, this, right. Is, this is my experience of church, whatever. This is such a, you know, it's sort of like it's seen for what it is and they're, they're rolling their eyes like, okay, well, you know, I'm not buying into all this. Uh, the other side are the frustrated men. And these are the men that I would say were, um, I don't even know how to put it, curtailed or told to sit down or told to shut up and told to get in line, follow the program, what we're doing. And these, by nature, God has created men to create. They have been, they, by nature, they are initiators. They are creators. They are leaders. And so if you want a church full of followers, you will not have the strongest men. If you want to lead leaders and let them loose and, and, and empower them and get alongside of them and see the great that God can create, you will have incredibly vibrant men's ministry. But if all you want are get in line guys, you will not have the strongest because the strongest are not the get, along, get in line guys, period. Yeah, I think that's actually a really articulate way of putting it um, because the, the so there's a local ministry here that I helped with for several years. I helped start it and it's a it's a camp based ministry. They basically their their biggest desire is to get all these guys in a room to watch these John Eldridge videos from like 15, 20 years ago. And then the videos are fine. It's based off Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart is probably the most important men's ministry book out there. Uh John Eldridge maybe isn't the best guy in the world to present those things, but that, that's either here nor there. But the thing about it is, is their number one goal as a ministry is to get men into small groups, into circles. And so I was talking with one of the guys uh, that is integral to the ministry, and I said, so your biggest goal is to get guys in a circle talking with one another. And he's like, yeah, yeah, isn't it great? And I said, well, uh, no. <laughs> And he just kind of looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, well, here's the thing, man. I said, women operate great in circles. Men operate great shoulder to shoulder. And so here you are putting men in a female posture and telling them, grow, get better, that kind of thing. It's like, well, that doesn't mean men shouldn't talk, but you have to think about when men like to talk. And so I said, look at the show Band of Brothers. Look at the last time you played on a sports team. Look at the, you know, when you were in the police academy or anything like that. When men like to talk, it's after they've accomplished something. And so maybe it's after the battle. It's after the game. It's after the hunt. Go back to hunter-gatherer culture or something like that. The men weren't sitting there chitty-chatting. And then, you know, they just moved on with their day. They went out and they were doing stuff. They were pushing the limits. They were protecting. They were providing. They were presiding. They were doing all these things, right? And then they would talk. After they had taken down the buffalo, while they're, while they're skinning it and getting the meat off, that's when they're talking with one another. That's when they're celebrating. That's whenever they're getting, getting after each other and making fun of each other and doing whatever the thing might be. But we've got this idea in modern men's ministry, and I say this all the time, most men's ministries are just women's ministries for men. 
And so you have all of these beta males, and, and I do use that term offensively. I do mean it offensively. You have these people that are very beta in nature, and they are surrounded by other betas. And then you have one beta that's slightly more alpha than the rest, and that's the person that's leading the discussion, right? And so and we're just absolutely flummoxed that, well, the men just aren't really – they're just not really dedicated to what we're doing here. I don't understand why the men aren't volunteering. I don't understand why there's all these single or there's all these married women coming to church by themselves. It's like, is it really that hard to see? I was like, I don't consider myself to be a terribly intellectual guy, but this isn't that difficult. Like, this isn't fourth dimension underwater chess or checkers going on. Like, this is this is pretty straightforward stuff. But most of the time, the church created the problem. They don't see that they created the problem, so they certainly don't know how to fix it. So uh, I'll respond in uh, two ways. So the concept of the men at the gate, it's a biblical concept of men that would sit and they would uh, discuss sort of what was going on and they were the leaders in the community. And it's a, you men at the gate, you can look it up in scripture and you can see this, this uh, trend. And I, uh, I'm older than you. And I, um, I've sat in a lot of circles in my life. And what's so interesting is when I showed up in the circles and when I see men show up in the circles, they're about 35, they're on the brink of divorce, they've abused their kids, they're in sexual addiction, the list goes freaking on. And it's then that they show up saying, okay, uh, I'm not necessarily killing the buffalo, the buffalo has killed me. Um, so what the hell is it that I don't understand about how life works? And then they start opening up their heart and their mind to older men who says, been there, done that. Here's a path out and here's a path to thrive in your life. And, um, so that's one thing. That's one way I'll respond to that. I don't disagree that men talk after the accomplishment. I think that is absolutely what they do, and that is most normative for men. But I do believe there is a place for the men at the gate, and I wouldn't call that feminine. I would call that a masculine council, uh, the king's council, the round table. The, you know, there's other analogies. Uh, in So that, that would be sort of one way I'd respond to that. The other way is to really re- affirm what you're saying strongly, saying there is a uh, type of men that's not sort of there yet, that the light bulb hasn't clocked off, clicked on, or they haven't hit, you know, some disaster, and that is how they will grow side by side. Absolutely agree. Go, go shoot, go hunt, go do whatever you're going to do. You know, light the fire, and then all of a sudden, you know, in the fire, in the in the darkness, somebody might say something that's a little vulnerable. You know, might. Yeah, sure. That, that's yeah. typically how it happens, right? I mean, we've all, I think, been in that situation where you spend a day doing man stuff, whatever man stuff means to you, and then you do get vulnerable at the end. The one thing I would ask you on the men at the gate type of concept, yeah. so this this council of, of uh, advanced, mature men, yeah. uh, these sages, do you think that those men were men that were actively in the fight before they got to that position, or were these people that were basically... In your opinion, were they theorizing their entire lives? Were they thinking through things their entire lives only? Or do you think these were men of action? Uh, I think they were men of action, but their action, like for instance, somebody comes to mind, he was a backup quarterback for John Elway, right? And so super intense, millionaire, professional football player, blowing up his life. Absolutely a man of action. 
but he was blowing up his life. Yeah, and I think you're uh, you're we're both kind of ending up at the same point, which is nice. Which is basically that these these men that become sages, and I mean real sages, not just dudes with gray hair. That, no, like, yeah, I get advice, it. Yeah, you I know, get it. like but these men that have they've made they've made their mistakes, they've taken their lumps, they they've done all these things, uh, and that all aided to the level of of counsel that they're able to give later in life. Yeah, these these typically were men of action, and so I my concern for some of these ministries is they're they're desperate to continue theorizing. And here's the other thing that I've seen because uh, you, you mentioned it earlier: um, these guys whose lives are are coming apart at the seams most of the time because of stuff that they're doing. Right, a lot of these you know, sit and talk based ministries for some dudes, it leads to actual life change. But for most Jew dudes, it's just basically a circle jerk. It's just basically they're there, uh, intellectualizing. Maybe they shed a tear or two around the campfire, but then they go home and they basically complete the dismantling of their family and their marriage. Uh, these are people that are not accountable. They don't want to be accountable. Um, they're not, and I think that that's part, maybe the key issue is the accountability. And I've never really thought through it this way. So I'm kind of intellectualizing as I'm sitting here talking with you, Troy, but um, maybe it's the fact that they're not accountable to these other men. Yeah. That they, so, feel, they feel no need because they were just stuck in a, in a room. Yeah. Oh, well, here's your group now. And so they're like, okay, cool. I'll talk to these guys. But if any of these guys tries to check me, all right, cool. I'll just never talk to them again. Yeah. So, so I ran, I wonder if that's an issue. You do, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I ran with a couple guys called the band of brothers. Uh, we call it ourselves the Band of Brothers. Um, I did two podcasts with them. And what ended up happening over a year and a half period of time was uh, not accountability. And we hated the word accountability. What we, what we basically said is we're, we were side by side and nobody was getting away with crap and nobody was allowed to live less than the, the, their God-given glory that was in them to live. And so there was accountability, but it absolutely was not the focus. The focus was God has put something in you to be amazing, to start, to restore, to really be the man in the, on point that is truly creating an incredible environment for everyone around you everywhere you go. And to live less than that is not acceptable. And we are here to call you on it, and we're here to champion you to go towards that direction. And what ended up happening is that thing spun up into eight groups. There's like 80 guys now. It's all organic. There's no ministry. There's no organization. Um, and it is powerful. Now, it could be seen as sit in a circle, but we're also shooting, we're also doing, we're living life, you know, together, and they know our kids, everybody knows each other's kids, and they're, they're integrated in life, and I've seen it, I've seen what you've seen, which is sort of the theoretical, the sitting around and talking, nobody's changing, nobody, I mean, it, it really is a circle jerk, and, and they're like, well, what exactly is being accomplished here? But I've also seen the powerful side of a brotherhood that, that really does call out the best and the greatest, and it's usually a multi-generational brotherhood. It's not all old. It's not all young. It's a mix. And, and the young can, be, can, can call the older out and vice versa. 
So. Yeah, and I, I think it's funny you mentioned Band of Brothers, and so there was a group of guys that I went and talked to in Tulsa that was like 80 guys in a room, and they were called Band of Brothers, and they go through this content. They yeah, do we're all talking about things. eight guys. And, <laughs> yeah, and I, and I knew at the end that they were just going to get in their circles, and one thing that I told them, I think this is beautiful because it connects right to what you were saying, is I told these guys, I said, for most of you in this room, you have not earned the right to be in that circle. You're just in it. And I told them, you've got to earn the right to be there. That doesn't mean if you don't feel like you've earned it up to this point, you leave after I'm done talking. That wasn't the point. But it was like, guys, the thing is, is you don't just get stuck in a circle. You got to earn it. You've got to, you got to gain the trust of the people around you. You've got to invest in their lives. Like you mentioned, knowing their families, like you got to have guys in your life that if you're, if you're out to dinner with, uh, with your spouses and you say something a little bit off color or a little bit biting to, towards your wife, you need a dude that's going to snatch you up by your shirt, not at the table. Cause that might get a little bit weird, but at some point snatch you up and be like, brother, I know you didn't mean it this way. You were being sarcastic. You were acting like one of the guys towards your wife. I know you didn't mean that because I know you love her, but you're not going to do that again. You're certainly not going to do that around me. And you got to think about what do you have to do? What would you have had to go gone through with that guy to not take that as a man? You don't know me. You can't talk to me that way. And so it's that exact concept. It's like earn your circle, right? Don't just be a part of it. Don't just sit there and check your box. Earn it. Yeah. Yeah, I and, and I would encourage you not to plug my this show, but man, that show is the most most listened to show in all of my podcasts because men, there's something in that, and it's really it was just eight eight or ten guys. We went through hell. We we offended each other. We we stuck it out. We trusted each other, and it's it's one of the most powerful things in my life that friend those that friendship and that brotherhood. And, and guys flock to that episode because they're like, I have never seen this or I don't have this and I need this. And, and it's not an issue of are they sitting in a circle or are they working side by side? It's do you have somebody that's got your six? Do you actually have somebody that knows what the hell you're about, where your weak spots are, what the glory of God is in your life? Everything and and really is for you, right? And this is yeah, whatever. So, all right. Well, look, man, it's been so fun uh, getting to talk with you. Um, I uh, I love having a brother in arms out there in podcast land. So, uh, what any last things you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm glad we were able to connect. Um, for, for us, guys, if you just want to come check us out at undaunted.life, uh, a man's podcast, you can get us on an iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. That's a great place to interact with us. And also, I want to give you guys my email because if you ever have issues that you feel like you can't talk to somebody, I'm just a stranger that's existing in your phone right now. Yeah. So just hit me up, info at undaunted.life. That's just info at undaunted.life. We're always looking for additional ideas of things that we should do within our ministry and I know Troy you're the same way but it's these conversations that constantly need to be had and guys if you enjoy conversations like this share it around like not everyone's going to like Troy not everyone's going to like me not everyone's going to like our style who cares just share this content around because it's going to cause you to have conversations about subject matters that you didn't think you were going to have to wrestle with and that's exactly why we're here Cal thanks so much for coming on man it was great man thanks hey thanks for listening to the podcast if you want more information on the kindling fire go to our website, thekindlingfire.com. There you can learn how you can join the Firestarters. That is a community that I'm sending free e-courses, Bible devotionals. We're doing special challenges to really help you guys move towards the dreams that God has placed in you. I'm also on Instagram at thekindlingfire. And as always, be awesome.